Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 508. The Detroit Lions fly into the season's final leg. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff the Riz Risden. How you doing, brother? Chris, it is good to be with you talking about another Lions win. I can keep getting used to this, baby. Yeah, I, we'll, I'll talk about it a little bit here, but <laughs> I got I, I got some getting used to to get used to. But uh, let's talk about what we got today's show. Um, warm-ups, we'll hit those really quick, get everybody to gather nicely and join us for the show as we do that. Uh, we'll do the quick review on the Saints game. Talk about the team health, the injury report. Talk about the road to the top of the NFC. Things change this week a little bit towards the Lions' favor, but a little bit also a little bit of a another bump in the road, a little wrinkle in the in the unit. Um, little you got to be careful with your manscaper so you don't get a nick, but you're good. Uh, we'll talk about what that that road looks like. We'll talk about the AG situation. A lot of conversation there, and I think we can distill it down pretty pretty quickly. But folks need to think about it, and uh, I think we have a good point for folks. Also, we're gonna look ahead to the Chicago Bears game, the Lull Bears. We're going to play those knuckleheads in Chicago in the chill, and uh, we'll get you ready for that. We'll get you ready for that game and uh, get you all FT beat up. Uh, got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. FTB. Let's kick this off and break it down. <sighs> Feeling it. All Push right. My mouth with water. Switch them from beer to water, and I can't even drink that. I have a drinking problem, bro. I I just <sighs> so that actually, I need to apologize for the, anyone folks who noticed the the post game show. I wasn't up to par. Even today, I'm not a hundred percent. I I let's just say I was violently ill. That's probably the easiest way to say it without making people feel bad because it's close to dinner while we're for the live folks while we're doing this. Um, yeah. fifteen minutes after we finished the show, after we shut it down on Sunday after the post game, I was just like, and my sides still hurt. It's like it was bad. I haven't had a meal really since Sunday morning. I've been a wreck, some kind of flu. Um. I'm barely hydrated, so I'm doing some Gatorade. I'd really like to do some booze, but I can't. So <laughs> trying to do the right thing for my body. Uh, so sorry for, for anyone who who just it, what, didn't feel it because we had a win and it was a good win. And I was just not 100 percent there. So thanks for riding it out with us. Uh, we'll do a post game this show this week, this Sunday. I promise uh, as best as I can promise. I won't be sick. Uh, I've got Sam man so this fun. week. We'll we'll rock that out with Sam man. Do the the post game show after a Lal Bears victory. Uh, and next week, actually, as I didn't mention this, I'm traveling. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do a show during the week. Just so you know, I've sure. I've got to go to that stank hole called Philly. But hopefully, I can crap all over that town like oh, the wow. Lions are going to. So. Wow! <sighs> all right, oh, Philly in the winter is just a great place to be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's get into this. Let's talk about some warm ups. 
And I've got an interesting little factoid for you, Mr. Risden. Um, uniform choices. This is for the deep fans, the fans that are into the, the deep analytics about football, understanding when to go on fourth down, you know, when the choices are made for you by the statistics. Um, in this case, we found out that uh, this year, when the Detroit Lions jerseys and pants match, they win. When they are mismatched, they lose. Um, this makes the choice for the rest of the season and through the Super Bowl obvious. And like I said, this is for you analytics folks. I'm here with you for the with the numbers for you because we like to work with the data. You go, Riz. So, like the all whites, I know they're unbeaten. By the way, that's the best uniform and they're combination. Sexy as hell, yes. Yeah. So good. They're so good. The white pants, they pop, man. They really do. They do. Um. Yeah. So the the other ones they have blue on blue. I guess would be the other one, wouldn't it? And, and yeah. the uh, the color rush Gray. that most people hate. Um, I love the jerseys. I hate the pants. Um, I'd, I'd wear those with with white or black or. Blue. I'd wear I'd wear that to bed. That's the pajamas. <laughs> And the only thing they're missing is the feedies, right? And you don't know because we're in cleats. Maybe they do have feedies on them. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe they do. You know, they're just, they got to do something with the pants there. I, I really do like the jerseys. I know I'm in the minority on that, but I, I like them. I, the uh, I'd like a little more with the pants. But so, so polychromatic would be the throwbacks they wore on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. uh, which are the sil- the solid silver pants and the blue top with the plain, plainish silver numbers. Um, what else did they wear that was polychromatic? Um, Baltimore, they wore, didn't they go they white, wore white tops, white and blue. Yep. And what was the other game? They lost Seattle. Seattle was white and blue too. No. Yeah. They were white and blue in that one too. So yeah. 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 Uh, blue and gray, blue and gray. Uh, oh, the blue tops blue. with the gray, the gray yeah. pants, um, that are, that have some blue detail to them. Yeah. Blue and yeah. silver. Um, yeah. Yeah, blue and silver is not the way to go. So there I you like go. those pants. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. So, Deep into the analytics to start of the show. I don't. I, I we may have lost some people. I apologize if we went and we went too far for you guys. Um, we but we we do have to sometimes get to the hardcore hey, fans and the lions and are proving that you can wear white after Labor Day and pull it off. <laughs> Oh man, I could pull it off anytime, but thank you. Let's get into the next one. Uh scheduling. Um I'll just put that there. Uh scheduling is not what we thought. Uh or not what it looks like when on, on the screen here. Scheduling, I want to talk about the schedule for the rebuild and where we are. Um a- across the board, I think we can say the Lions are ahead of schedule. As of yesterday, a year ago, or sorry, two years ago yesterday. The Lions won their first game of that season. I happened to be there against the Minnesota Vikings. Two years ago, they had gone this far into the season and not even won a game. And here we are, nine what? and three. They were oh ten and one, right? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Here we are, nine and three, folks. This is if you, if this if you don't see this as a massive turnaround and a team that's ahead of schedule, then then you're missing out. We're going to make the playoffs. Anything can happen in the playoffs. But I mean, I'm ex- I, I'm expecting I think I think the kind of real growth trajectory that everybody is expecting this year and the kind of I don't call it the table stakes, but the expectations for this was a successful season is a playoff win. Yes. I really, really want that. And if we walk away with that, I can say that we've checked all the boxes this year as a team. We are we are ahead of schedule on this rebuild. We've done many, many things we thought way better than we would. 
Are there things to improve? Absolutely. Every team that's won a Super Bowl, I think except the, the one, has lost a game and has things to improve. There's no team that's perfect, especially in the salary cap era. You always will have things that you have to cover for and you have areas you can improve. Um, no team's going to be perfect. And that's, that's part of the game, but where we are right now, I love this team. I love where we're at. We're, we're, we're number three in the NFC, which if, if in August, mid August training camps is, is, is really ending the preseason's about starting. If you were told Riz, or most people were told that we'd be nine and three at this point. I know there's a lot of people that said, well, I thought we'd have 10 wins, but no. <laughs> sure thing, buddy. Um, if you were, if you would have heard we're nine and three at this point, I think you would have been just enthralled and thrilled with this team. Pants would have been off and unable to get back on. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Joe, they, I blame uh, Holmes for my, for my expectations. Grit. I blame Riz for my expectations. <laughs> Sorry. I had us I like I'm trying to think. Kid. I think I had us at this point at seven and five and then winning the next four or the next three. Uh and then the Dallas game I had us losing and then they had us winning against Minnesota in the last one. So we should go read. Yeah, they're better they're better than I thought they were. Yeah. It's hard to remember those days though, Chris, because we got spoiled with the the incredible start is the best Lions team since 1962. Still is. Best team of the Lions Super Bowl era. Still is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nine mm-hmm. and three. They just beat a division leading team on the road. And people are pissed. I think we need the collective reset there. I think I think there's it's just the nature of society today. I think the post-COVID world is angry people and think people are getting angry about everything. I don't know that this is necessarily just a That's Lions so fans thing. They just, we just come from a place that. and I think there's a lot of things and, and just try to be better. Let's try to be better. We're better people. Detroit's we, we a better want it place. All and we want it now. I keep but, saying the people in Detroit and the city of Detroit is a different place. The people are better. This is a great opportunity just to be better. So there you go. That's the, the Lions are at a schedule. I'm feeling good about what we got and, uh, and we're good to go. Still very good about it. I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, really quick. When I like we're 93 two, but our past three defensive performances, Harbinger, what's to come. I think people could have said that in, in Seattle and we were one and one and we're now nine and three. So I'm not worried about it. By the way, um, our defense is better than Seattle's. It's also yeah. better than Philly's. It's, it's something every team's got something that's not perfect that needs to be worked on. And that's what that is. By the All way, right. as, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, Defense does win championships, but it does not win games in January. Mm, there you go. You Doesn't have to February. outscore the opponent. You have to be able to score more points than the yeah. opponent. That's how you win in January. This team can do that. That one game in February is where def- defense comes into play, though. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> All the right. better offense beats the better defense in the postseason a whole lot more than the inverse. Yeah. You can look that up over the entire history of the NFL since about 1985 or so. Yep. When the 49 when the 49ers rose up under Bill Walsh, that's when that dynamic changed. There's still people that cling to you know, the the era of when disco was popular and like it's dead, folks. They yep. burned it, they killed it at Comiskey Park in Chicago. One of the few good things Chicago's done. 
Uh, I'm not going to say they did anything good. Uh, could talk to me next week. <laughs> By playoff time, <laughs> we can stay healthy and get Aleem, CJ Gardner, Houston back, and Irvin gets more in shape. We're going to shock some people. That's that's a really that's a really big deal. Most of the teams at this time are banged up. I just hope Lions get a higher seed. This is really interesting, the seeding piece, because like mm-hmm. where the Lions are right now, we're hoping for that big push and, 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 and that ramp up at the end of the season to carry you into the playoffs. But it's a great time to talk about seeding because it is. Georgia lost in, in college. You got Michigan now rolling up to number one. You're feeling good because you're going to face Florida State. You're like, yeah, I got it lined up. And now Texas and Alabama they are there and Alabama's there angry after beating Georgia. And it's like, why can't I face Florida State? Like <laughs> seedings can be fickle things and teams can be strangely placed at the end of the season. The best thing about seeding is being at home. And if we, yes. if we can take this, the number two seed and we'll talk about seedings and that sort of thing that gives you everything except the Philly game at home. That, 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 that gives you pretty, pretty good shape. Um, we'll see. And, or, or maybe the, the 49ers game. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But um, that's where seeding helps is at home. And, Frankly, the Lions have been better on the road than at home, haven't they, this year? They have been. They can beat and perhaps will have beaten um, the team that they faced in the first round, whether it's Green Bay or well, they didn't beat Seattle. Seattle's fallen off a cliff. Um, they made a tread dead, deadline move um, for they- a great defensive player and have like gone to hell. Um, well, I hope they hit every Minnesota. rock on the way down to the water off that cliff, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the interesting things is, what do you root for? And we talked about this in the uh, the, the podcast Slack channel, um, the, the smartest chat on the Lions internet. And one of the things that is a very real potential possibility is that the Lions will be the two seed and the Los Angeles Rams and Matthew Stafford would be the seven seed and the first playoff game in Ford Field history would be Matthew Stafford leading another team into Ford Field to lose and again. all the Lions Rams, like the Detroit Rams fans who bought all the damn shirts and everything and still listen to Kelly Stafford's podcast. Y'all are going to have to make a choice once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, well, I'll tell you what, that's that's going to be crazy. Be Just the story, the storylines that lead into that game. The NFL wants that so bad. Goodell is just doing the hand rub. He's like, Whoa. he wants that more than anything he's ever wanted in his life. So we'll see. It would make a heck of a story. Yeah, it would be fun. It would be fun. Because would normally be that would be like the, that would be the least sexy game of that first weekend. Cause it's, it's Detroit. I mean, yeah, we're kind of the national sweethearts, but that buzz has faded a little bit. And the Rams, you know, they, they just won. You know, it's, it's nice, but they're sort of at the end of their line, or at least it looks that way. You know, they're not Dallas. Um, they're not, they're not Philadelphia. They're not Kansas city. You know, they're not Baltimore. They're not, you know, um, well, it's Philly, the 49ers and Dallas that I'm the most terrified of. Right. And that's, I, I feel I'm like not, I'm, not, I'm scared of San, San Francisco is a better football team than Detroit. I'm not convinced that the other two teams are, we'll I think Dallas that. is, I think, I think Dallas might be, but there might not be too. We'll, um, we'll talk about Philly, that. We got that. I'm not worried about that one at all. We got to talk yeah, about that. But, but the idea, and it's, it's a very real chance that the Lions could get the two seed. Um, I know folks are like, well, they're, they're not even going to make the playoffs. Those those folks are still out there. Go away. Oh, listen listen oh, to a different podcast. This this is not for you. Go away. 
No, um, but but watch an ad before you go. Uh, <laughs> you deserve it. Okay, let's. Yes, you do. <laughs> let's do a quick review of the Saints uh, game. The Lions put the Saints down. Um, put them in the ground. That was a game. The Lions won. I mean, the Lions they they led that from start to finish, didn't they? Yes, they did. They never yeah. trailed. Yeah, yeah. And this was one of the most painful wins I've seen from folks in, in ages. And it's like, okay, I know we went up 21 and nothing. I know it got a little nerve wracking there. Um, it's not, teams don't take their foot off the gas. I know play calling stalls, but teams figure things out. Teams, you know, you, you, you evolve. I mean, this is going to be a shitty example. I probably shouldn't even do it, but have you ever been Uh bowling? And you start out bowling, and you're just kind of a little stiff. You don't get it. But you have a couple of beers. And that second game, you're rolling the ball. It's like, oh, man. I've, I'm a, but by the third game, you had, you, you had you got to the other side of the beers. You know, it's not like swing lube or like golf the same way, right? Swing lube. Yes. Like, you're like smooth as silk. But by, by beers 16, and six holes, and then the next 12, yeah, I'm birdie in the wall, just, baby. You're swinging like a baseball bat. Uh, it's, 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 it's obviously the beers thing isn't what's going on there, but you have ups and downs and flows to games and momentums and emotional changes. And um, those things happen. The, 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 the saints obviously came out stiff. The saints obviously with a turnover on the first snap and then giving us the ball. Was it the 17 yard line or something like that? Boom, boom. It wasn't like we had three sustained drives or 21 points ate up the first quarter doing it. It was a different kind of game. So we got, we got, you know, fate fell our way early, right? But the, but the team prevailed. They were ahead for the, for the entirety of the game. They did what it took to win. I would never be mad about a win. It wouldn't be the win that I would script if I could have any kind of win. I mean, we would have won 173 to one because I don't know how they got one, but they did that because that's just, I, it's a, I'm a very creative writer. It would be a scoregami. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a creative writer. Um, there'd be a new rule they discovered in the game like they do with the Lions, except it went the other way for once. Um, <laughs> penalty on a safety or something. Anyway, so the, it, it would have been, you know, but it's it's never the one that I would write. So the win's the win. You walk away. We've had losses go the exact opposite way. We've we've had games that we were the other side of that as well uh, throughout the years. Except it move on. It's, yeah. it's still a W. The, how it happened doesn't matter as the season wears on. The next game is what matters. Is that am I, am I okay thinking about it that that way, man? One hundred percent. Yes. It's okay to, uh, I thought Dan Campbell said it perfectly. It was a good win, but it wasn't good enough. Like Dan, one sentence, you got it. Yep. It's perfect. Like it, it could have been better, probably should have been better, but it's still a win. You never apologize for a win. It's a road win against a first place team. They're not in first anymore, but they were going into the week. Yeah. They were tied. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, and now you got to throw the, the injuries that happened before the game, during the game, they factored in. Mm-hmm. You had Amon Ross St. Brown played probably the worst game of his career. Uh, he, he put one ball on the ground yards? for sure. Mm-hmm. Probably should have caught another one that he didn't. He actually almost intercepted a pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones that would have been a touchdown. There was a lot of weird stuff that happened in that game. And I don't think that the Lions were necessarily the better team for longer, but like like we were alluded to, 
the better team doesn't always win, folks. The the team that, that does the most to win wins. And the Lions did, in fact, do that. To me, it's a credit the fact, the fact that they didn't lose that game, that the Saints had all the momentum. They were playing pretty good football. And the Lions still had enough gumption and testicular fortitude to overcome their own collective ineptitude for most of the game and won the game. That tells me that they have some talent. They have some, some you know, just gravitas to win. They believe they never lost the faith in themselves. As, as I tell you, a whole lot of fans did, um, based on the social media timelines that I was on on Sunday. Uh, they they didn't fall victim to that. They nope. they stood. St- they actually played really really well in like the last four drives of the game. I think that gets lost because everybody wants to focus on the forty five minutes between the first seven and the last five where New Orleans kicked our ass. And yep. They did. Yep. They did. I tell you, they didn't is, win. This is something I've heard, and this is this is one of those narratives that's starting to stick that may not. It, it may not be foundationally true. Um, I, I, I got to have to think about how I say that, and I may rethink about how I state that. But uh, I see it, Don Burr, and I love Don Burr. You know that, right? Uh, you do love Don. AJ Brown and Smith scare me. Jacobs gets cooked often. You know that Cam Sutton's PFF score is the same as Jerry's, effectively, and Kirby's is worse, and Tracy's Walker's is like within two points and the entire secondary looks bad, almost equally bad, but we're, we're, we're looking at Jerry as the guy. And it's, it, I'm not sitting here talking about, you know, sticking up for Jerry and I will cause Jerry's Jerry is my guy, but it's not just that, but he's, he's taking the brunt of this. Like why is nobody ripping on cam? If you want to rip on him, like I can say, Hey, the secondary is playing like shit. That seems like a more true statement than it's Jerry's fault, right? It's almost like people are Jerry's just, not playing well, though. No, like, no, no, no. He's not playing no, good football. No, right. Agree. They're equally playing badly. And then the question is, now, why are they paying, playing badly? Right. What's the thing, the number one thing that helps your secondary? Let's get it. Pressure. That's right. That's absolutely right. That defensive line has not done any favors for the Lions secondary. It's it's a significant problem for this defense. And the way this defense is scheming up pressure, always, always cover zero on third down. <laughs> right? It's always, and it's like there's always a play. And it's it's predictable. It's not working. And things have they, they, we we need to, they need to do something they they definitely need to do something there, but to put it on one guy is is just not really looking at the ent- entirety of the problem. There's a significant problem with the offensive or the defensive line, but the secondary as a whole is getting burnt. And when you have all of those players getting burnt, you have to start. The one player that stands out is the rookie, Brian Branch is the one that stands out, and. He's- Play pretty good football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like me some Brian Branch. So it's, again, I'm not, I will stand up for my guy, Jerry, right? I will. I, I, I honestly, I, you know, he's, he is what he is. But that aside, I can put that aside and look at this in totality and say, it's not a Jerry problem. It's a defensive no. problem. It's a defensive no. problem. 
Jerry has to play better. Like, there's no doubt about they all that. Do. Like, yeah, Jerry, I love you, but you you, you got to find that ball, buddy. Like, that, you yeah. had an interception in that game. If you turn your head, never turned your head. Yep. You're you're, but the, but he had another one. If Brian hadn't tapped it, yes, <laughs> yes, he had six points going the other way. So you can't fault Brian Branch for making that play. But, no, no, but yeah, I mean, you got to give Jerry credit for being on that play exactly like he should have been like that. That is six points but, the other way. It didn't work that way. Cause it by wasn't. the way, PFF graded that as a completion against Jerry. Um, in fact, he actually wound up giving up, up a lot of yak on that play. Um, when, <laughs> if you watch that, it's clearly not his fault, but that's, that, that's, that's one of the, the frivolities of, of relying on PFF so much, but no, Jerry's not playing well. Sutton isn't playing very well. Kirby Joseph is having a rotten time lately. And I think that's that's an uncomfortable topic that we might have to talk more about this offseason when we're starting to talk about offseason needs. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tracy Walker not playing great. He, it, Tracy Walker is being Tracy Walker. And that's good, mm-hmm. but that's not, that's, not, that's not something that you want to like build your defense around. Like Tracy's Tracy's a good player, um, and and is good, especially in that role close to the line of scrimmage. The further away from the line of scrimmage he gets, the the less I like Tracy Walker. Um, fortunately, I think that's also true with Aaron Glenn. I think he's kind of learned that. I think um, if you're gonna if you're gonna blame anybody on the defense, you got to look at AG. And and I will say this, and and I I we talked about this last week, Chris. Up until the the Thanksgiving game, I had largely given AG a, a more of a pass than most people. I think that's fair to say mm-hmm. because I didn't think he had the talent, and that was the first game where I really felt like his scheme was more of a problem than the talent or lack thereof on the team. And I will go into the New Orleans game now, and having just watched that uh, a lot, uh, we're recording this Wednesday night. I watched it a lot Tuesday morning. I kind of felt it again um, that, that now there were some personnel issues in this game, but it felt like they, why are you calling that cover scheme on that down? Why do you have this personnel grouping against this offensive set? There was, there's been more of that in the last two weeks. And that's, um, we'll probably talk more about AG later, but that's, you know, it's a collective problem. It's not any one issue. Um, it's not Aiden Hutchinson being a bust, which I still read daily in comments and social media interactions, like almost hourly, quite frankly. Um, it's, it's this, when we went into this year, think back again to the summer. I would have told you that our defense was, and I think they're 24th now in points. It might be 25th, but 24th. Um, and in the yardage, they're in the 20s too. Like you would have been okay. Like, oh, we're not in the 30s. That's good. We can win with that. And we got up and we were in the teens for a very long time. And that's sort of sort of fallen away. That's, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Won't run away from that. But they're still, I think, better than they probably have a right to be given the personnel that they have. And they're better than I think most fans expected them to be. And quite a few analysts expected them to be. And I think, I think we forget that a lot. And this, this is, this is a good, this, Chris, this is a good show for us to remember 
where we came from remember and what titans. we've got remember the titans yeah, <laughs> yeah no it's it, it, it is yeah. and it's i think the the journey is part of part of it and yeah. it's it's we'll see we'll see i i go back to the the scheduling the rebuild where are where we are on that and I, I feel fine i feel fine we'll see in the rear view and we'll do a, a post-mortem on the season and i think we'll get a, a better a better feel for where things are at but i mean if you think about it i mean in the first two games you want to talk about a whipsaw we beat the chiefs we were in the super bowl we lost to the seahawks we were freaking bottom we were never going to win another game in for 100 years um well no, this is true right i mean it, it's and we had almost two weeks of that um it'll be fun it's it's gonna be a fun ride it's gonna be fun to look back on and the one thing that i just keep saying is this is the best team since 19 in my lifetime this is the best this team has done anyone that wants to shit on it go ahead it's probably best in your lifetime too you've never seen the good football this good so i don't know if you even know what good football looks like i'm just gonna enjoy the ride as a fan and and know that i'm probably watching someone else in the super bowl but that's okay because one day soon it'll be us that's that um really quick i want to go to, i'm going to go to the off- offensive side of the ball talk a little bit about that and then we can we can go to the injury report because that'll probably be the one you know that we get to the trenches that'll lead us into that um i do want to compliment jared goff who's played some bad football recently but this game frank rag now going down he was under pressure the majority of the game and the poise that he showed right oh he needs a good team around him he needs an offensive line or he can't play my guy no 360 no scopes no turnovers no fumbles no interceptions my guy stood in there and delivered and you know some goofy plays loved the jmo play the rockets on that son of a bitch as he hit the corner to go upfield just watch it because the acceleration is off the charts man it is afterburner kick um that was great that was great but jared goff absolutely played contract football there he he took all all those narratives and just kind of shook them off the table and said no nah, i did all right didn't i he did he he stood in there and he delivered the ball and and stood strong you know the lions of old lose that game they they crumble and jared yes. never did and every narrative about jared that's out there would have had him crumbling this last week and he did not so so credit to him amongst a couple of bad weeks of ball he stood in there this week and said no f no i'm gonna freaking deliver i think his leadership and and like you're talking about his presence in that game was better than his actual throwing but that's kind of what they needed like they needed they needed somebody to steady that ship man and when, when you're born full bearing full bore on the iceberg Somebody's got to be able to turn it and not run right into it. I thought he did a good job of doing that. There were a couple of throws, like the throw where he was on the run and threw it across his body this way to David Montgomery. Um, that was awful. Um, Montgomery, by the way, still should have caught it, but that was an awful throw. He missed a couple of throws. Yeah. Um, he threw that one. Again, the touchdown, the would-be touchdown to DPJ in the back of the end zone, because he threw it when and where he did, I'm on Rob almost picked it off and then it almost did get picked off going the other way. Um, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, what you expect of him, but you're right, Chris, he didn't make the catastrophic mistake. He didn't panic. Um, and with Panay Sewell having a crap day for the second week in a row, which is something that we might have to unfortunately delve more into uh, with, without your center, with, I'll just jump this gun here. 
when Graham Glasgow goes to center and Colby Sorstel goes in to right guard, mm-hmm. it's it it actually negatively impacts their run game more than it impacts Jared because Goff Goff knows how to handle playing behind a crap offensive line. He had an offensive line for the first three years when he was Los Angeles that was constituted of five right tackles all playing different positions. I actually wrote about that a lot back in the day. <laughs> um, like they, they, all their guys were natural right tackles, like their center. Like, what are you doing? Um, he he knows how to. He doesn't know how to handle playing very well without run blocking. And Graham Glasgow is not a guy who's a phone booth run blocker. He's a guy that needs some power or some a little trap action or something. Colby Sorstall just doesn't. He, he's he's swimming in too deep of waters, man. Uh, I feel for him because he's trying. He's a good kid. I'm, you're certainly way too early to write him off, but right now, oh god, he, it's not good, man. He's, <laughs> it's not. He's, he's William, and, and they Mary. can't run the ball. He's and William. if you can't run the ball in your Jared Goff, they're not. They're going to ignore your pay, play action passing, which, by the way, I will add, Ben Johnson didn't call any of, which was a problem with Ben Johnson. Like there's so, a whole lot of weird things that went on in that game too. Before before we go too far, back to Source. Yeah. he's a William yeah. and Mary product. I mean the, the the strength and conditioning, the nutrition program there, it's not even it's not Alabama. It's not I mean, look, it's it's not they're not they're not renowned. They're not the nutrition center for the you know they, they it's and, a and, high academic FCS school. And, yes. So you have a guy who's come in who's got all kinds of raw talent and capability. Yeah. We've seen this, we saw um Evans uh, or Evan um Jesus, why am I Thinking. Evan Brown. Thank you. We saw Evan come up to speed very, very well under Hank. And it was very much, I'm sure, a project like yeah. that. I don't think anyone really expected they were going to throw Colby out like they did. His first week, he did pretty good um, that he had to play. Yeah. Oh, no, he sorry. Did. Not the first week. The first week, it wasn't It wasn't good. Then it was a couple games off. And then he came back the first of this this stretch here. And he came in. And he did pretty good. He hasn't done really well since. And and it's it's tough, right? The kid's young. He's playing. I mean, and it's a work line i mean you got graham glasgow playing roll the dice at what interior line spot he's gonna play right is, is it gonna be left guard is it gonna be right guard is it gonna be center what's going on um it's that's it, just been a, a crap show and sorsdahl's played left guard and right guard he's played two offensive line positions which doesn't help his development in his in his youth as well i think colby he's gonna a tackle see, you're gonna see <laughs> my guy grow year over year I guarantee it. I guarantee an offseason for him is going to be super, super helpful. Um, we're just pressing him into service ahead of schedule where we need to. And that I, I would I hate I have to say it's a result of injury and the fact that going back still, this is a little bit of the Quinn legacy of leaving such a dearth of talent on this on this roster. You can't completely reload in two years, three years. It takes time. It's 53 players. You can't be deep at every position you get when you have, you don't even have starters at most, right? <clears throat> it's, 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 this is where this is where the, 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 the fine tuning of a roster come into play. And this is where you know, we think about this year and next year as we start getting guys that are con- on contract. This is where some of those guys are going to go. We're going to let them go on to another another team, and we're going to be growing and developing our young talent to replace them and bring them up. It's just the nature of how these things work. It's it's working through the draft and working through development versus signing high dollar guys all the time. Now we'll keep core pieces. I guarantee we will. But this is this is one of those pieces. 
give it another year. And uh, I think you're especially with the moves and the the hit rate that that Holmes has had. I think we're really going to be able to shore up a lot of these positions, a lot of these depth spots. Offensive line is 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 going to become a, it's going to go from a strength to a concern. I don't know that it's going to be an issue, but it's absolutely going to have to be addressed. And we'll talk about that. But um, overall, the the you know this I, Mike Hodges said it. In the in the chat, yeah, most quarterbacks in the NFL will not have kept that final drive going. Uh, we would have had a punt, hold on for dear life. Instead, victory formation, and God damn, if Sam Laporta was not one of the best additions to this freaking team, when Amon Ra is having one of the worst games of his season, which is forty four yards or forty six yards, I forget what the number was. Not a bad day, right? But and a, t- he, a glorious touchdown, yeah, too. <laughs> but one of the worst games of his his games of the season, yeah. right? And he was angry yeah. afterward. Whatever. A guy like Laporta, your tight end carrying the whole team. I don't think another wide receiver had more than one catch on the game. It tells you how big a load. Josh had two. How big a load that that, um, Laporta carried for this team. And and God bless Goff for some of those... those windows throws that he had, I'm sorry. He was putting balls. That was Stafford tier windows that he's, he was putting some of those balls in. So he's had some bad throws guaranteed. Stafford has bad throws too, but you know, and, and we still have, cause he's the big guy who he's the guy before the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, there's some real good here. There's a lot of really good here on a team. That's nine and three. I'm a lot of people are throwing in the towel and negative, but no, New Orleans isn't a bad team, right? And it's the NFL. And we'll talk about, about some of the things that people are the expectations and, you know, they're taking these short-term results and expand, you know, extrapolating long-term uh, potential out of them. We'll, t- we'll talk about what that means, but overall good victory. It goes in the W column. You move on an away game and in a, in a, in a tough stadium to play in, by the way, New Orleans is not an easy stadium to play in. Uh, they walked away with the dub. And uh, now they're heading into their only outdoor game since what was it October? Um, yeah, since the since Green the Bay. Baltimore, since Green Bay, yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore's outdoors, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, since Baltimore, the only outdoor game since Baltimore, probably the only cold game this season, which works in their favor. Um, but the the cold this game, it's going to be a cold weekend. We'll talk about that. Uh, works against them, but they take the dub and they move on and they stay in the hunt for the NFC. So good work to the the Detroit Lions. Good play. There was some real some some pain that came out of it though. And we'll get into that here. The injury uh, in depth chart. Detroit Lions lost some guys, some important guys. And I, I'd like to start with the interior defensive line because it's just been such a giant question mark. Uh, I do want to just give a shout out to Bruce Irvin. I forgot to mention that during the game piece. I know. Look. It wasn't legal. It wasn't legal. It would have been fine five years ago. It was a hell of a hit. You gotta let go. You can't carry him down like that. Did affect the outcome of the game. I think it definitely had an impact on it. But if he can play like that without the without the penalty part, that's a pretty good ad. That's a pretty good pickup. If we can get something without the penalty, right? If we can get that out of him, I'm really feeling good about that one. So, okay, he, he brought some juice, man. I I was pleasantly surprised that he had what he had. He yeah. he won. I don't trust PFF or ESPN's pass rush, pass rush win rate because I I don't think that their definition of a win is 
first of all, it's not consistent between the two of them. And second, I don't think that it's consistent with what happens on the field. But I will say that I thought he had more wins than losses, and that's what, exactly what you need from a guy that is a pass rush specialist who's filling in for the role that James Houston and Charles Harris and the Acquire brothers and any number of other people have not been able to fill this year. He did good. He'll yeah. play more this week. Um, I do have some concerns about him playing against Justin Fields because if you know anything about Bruce Irvin in his past, specifically when he was in Seattle and also in um, not not the Raiders, but the other team he was on, he loves to run right past his containment yeah. assignment in pursuit of the quarterback, and the quarterback just like, oh, 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 I'll, I'll go run 27 yards up the field. Yeah. Um, that was one of the reasons why the Seahawks – Grew to hate him, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, that's okay. <laughs> really quick, James Willis says Laporta has always had a connection with Goff since he was drafted. That's another narrative buster. A lot of people, you know, oh, Jared, Jared Goff can't play any good unless he's a good team around him. He can't play any good unless he's an offensive line. Uh, but also, oh, Jared Goff needs to build, takes time to build rapport with the player. Him and Laporta hit it from the very, very beginning. It didn't take anything for them to get there their uh their chemistry together so uh i i would kind of bust in there okay let's get to the injury piece ali mcneil goes down comes back uh dr liao had a great uh breakdown on injuries today um talks about what uh what you have with uh with a there uh soft brace on the knee came back and looks like he agitated and then he hit ir riz is it over are we are we done with a till next year i hope not four weeks th- my understanding is that it's a four to six week injury. There are five weeks left in the regular season. They do have the ability to still bring him back. I think they have, I forgot. Schlitt knows um, how many, how many people they can still bring back. Um, I don't, I, don't, I forgot the, I forgot, but uh, he can come back. Let's hope he does because we, we really need him. Yep. Because he is far and away the best interior defensive line presence in Detroit. Um, I dare say he's the only one that belongs in the NFL right now. And that's not good because now we're left with Benito Jones being your best defensive tackle. It's a guy that Miami cut. Like that's not good. Yeah. Uh, AJ, thanks for the super chat, man. Appreciate you very, very much. Um, The thing that's frustrating is we play way too much zone. Uh, when we're excelling at pressing a man too often when New Orleans was in 22 personnel, we had four defenders, at the second level doing nothing. Yes. That's true. We'll talk about, we'll that's talk about true. that very shortly. <laughs> talk about that. But uh, I just want to call it out. Thank you for that super chat. Um, Ali One McNeil, defender in particular was doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Ali McNeil being out is a, is a massive blow is a massive a blow to this team. Um, he's been playing wonderfully this year. It was funny earlier in the season. In retrospect, when people were saying, give that man a steak, obviously, it's you can't go to a vegetarian diet. You can't lose weight when you play that. But then you, you don't know all these and those GMs left. They're gone. Don't not talk about that anymore. But um, he's 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 hurt. He's a big hit for this team. And um, I believe he will be back uh, by the playoffs is the word. But um, not not good. What about bugs, Riz? Will we press <laughs> bugs in it? Will people overcome their personal issues to for the team? All right. Let, let's let's lump two together here because I'm a little pressed for time tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I haven't shown that, but I do have to go get my daughter at some point tonight. 
Um, let's let's put Bugs and Broderick Martin together here because you're going to learn a lot about how the team feels about both of them this week. Because if one of them is a healthy scratch this week, they gone. And I know Broderick Martin's a, a third round rookie. If he can't get on the field in this situation, they're already done with him. Like they they know it's just not there. Because one of the things that we've seen from this team is they will let youngsters struggle and go through it. But if they don't even think that he can get through the struggle part, that's really, really bad. <laughs> like we and we we love Broderick. I like I liked what I saw from him this summer. Um, being in, in Allen Park all the time, watched him in the preseason. Like there were things to like about Broderick Martin. There were certainly things that he had to work on. He he told us specifically, pad level was one of them. My understanding from practices is that's still a problem for him. That's, but his ability to penetrate is the closest that they will get to having what Aleem could do. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that he can do what Aleem did, but I'm saying if you're looking for a a defensive interior presence who can get into the backfield and maybe scare a quarterback once or twice in the game. Broderick's literally the only guy who's going to do that. Now, if it's Bugs that's sitting and they they have to do something, first off, they have to do something with Quentin Bohanna because he can't play again unless they add him to the, the 53-man roster because he's been elevated three weeks in a row. If you've been elevated three times, you can't play again unless you're on the roster. So they would have to make a roster move somewhere. It doesn't look like they're doing that. And the fact that they've called up Kendall Vildor, a cornerback where they have one or two healthy scratches every week, doesn't look good for Bugs yeah. or Bohanna. Um, so you're going to learn a lot about how they feel about Isaiah Bugs and or Broderick Martin this weekend by just Dare who, who's active. I say you may learn a bit about the coaches. We'll find out more about what's going on. But if they're not, if it's a personal thing instead of a play thing, mm-hmm. why these guys aren't making, aren't playing these weeks, that doesn't bode well for the coaches that are making these decisions. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put that out there right now. Um, so more yep. to come, more to come on that. Uh, and, McNeil and remember, one, one thing to remember, they do have a new defensive line coach this year. This was something that we talked about a lot on the huge show when I was in, in with Bill this week. Um, I'm not sold that John Scott is working out as a defensive line coach. I'm not sold that he's cut from the same cloth that Brad and Dan are and that Kelvin and Duker are. I wonder what's going to happen with that because it doesn't feel like the development, the development, the the developmental bent that most of this coaching staff has, the teachers who are on this staff, he doesn't feel like one of them because who on that defensive line, other than Aleem, who took it upon himself to get a much better physical condition, who are those guys is playing better in 2023 than they were in 2022? Yeah. And that's, that's something to consider. Um, yep. But with Boggs, I will I will refer folks uh, who are bellyaching about bugs like being great and not playing. Go read a piece that Mike Payton wrote at A to Z Sports, um, where he docu- very nicely documented um, how Isaiah Bugs played when he did play, and I think you'll think a little bit differently. Um, and you know, I don't always agree with Mike. Um, I love Mike. I don't always agree with him. I thought he did a bang up job on that, and it opened my eyes a little bit because I I kind of had bought into a little bit of the legend of bugs too, um, and and he. Uh, he showed me some light. So thanks, Mike. 
So next one we want to talk about, which is a big one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna explore something with folks here. Um, Frank Ragnow goes down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, knee, knee. You saw that shot. Hopefully, you know, hoping it was just like a contusion on the calf or something, but it sounds like a knee. Um, oh wait, watch Doctor Liao's video because he does a great job explaining everything, including compartmental syndrome or compartment syndrome, which I had heard of, but I didn't know what it was. So thank you, Doctor Liao. So yeah, for sure. Um, so Rags goes down. Let's just really quick. Right now has an inoperable toe injury that to make go away is likely going to need to lose a toe, which is not something he's going to twice play in. Um, he's got a back thing going on, right? Yes. It's been, it's been nagging in there all season. And now this knee issue, I want to just, I just want to put something out there. Okay. If I'm rags, just, I'm just take with it, whatever you want. If I'm rags, I might actually start thinking about what retirement feels like, because if you think about it for, you know, everyone's just like, Oh, we're just, he's going to sign a contract. Everyone. Cause he's a, he's a beast, but nobody's thought like thought about well, what if he decides to retire? I mean, the toe thing is a big deal, right? And it's something he's going to have to take care of after the, after the game. But do you think about his values and, and, and how he lives and what he needs to live, right? Frank Ragnow is, is, is not a guy that needs a $10 million mansion is not a guy that's used to having caviar served on a, on a Gulf stream. Frank Ragnow is a guy that he's a grizzly man outdoors. That's what he's happy doing. I don't want to put any bad uglies out there. I don't want to do that, but um, I just, I just, I'm I'm certain that it's something that's being contemplated right now. Um, I hope not. I love him, but uh, if there's any upside to that kind of a thought, it's you could resign Jonah. It makes resigning Decker easier. Like it makes some of that stuff easier, and you just have to draft really well. Um, but just it's it's something people haven't talked about. It's it's an absolute potential reality that the Lions may have to deal with. Um. But this this third injury now that he's dealing with and the fact, yeah, he's a tough as there is no tougher man in the trenches. And I will I will fight me, fight me. There is no tougher guy that will put play through injury than Frank Rag. Now, some of the stuff I've heard about them forcing him to sit the trainer saying, no, you can't. And he's like IDGAF that it happened this year. He was like, I can play F you. And the coaches are like, no, we're making you sit the week before the bye and you'll be fine. You have a, you have a risk of re-injuring yourself and missing a lot of time or sit for a week and hit the bye and you'll be hundred percent again. Like, like he's ready to chew kneecaps. He's a beast, man. But, you know, these things hit you. These things kind of make you think. And and as a guy, as anyone, you you start thinking about, you know, you get older. It, it, folks don't even think about this, man. Especially like sports fans generally. You know, guys in their twenties. <laughs> that's the that's the number one demographic, right? They're not thinking about retirement. They're putting money in a four hundred one k. Like I don't know if I'm ever gonna get anything out of this, right? But when you start thinking about things like retirement, you're like, what's your number? What do you need to live? What do you need? For a guy like Ragnar, he's there. He's there. 
And so now what's life like at that point? Do you want to retire? Like people think, do I want to retire at 50? Do I want to retire at 55? Am I ever going to be able to retire at all? I afraid social security will never be there when I'm there. I'm going to work until I die. Like there's all of these different scenarios that everybody has to deal with that are very individual, right? Right now, I think Frank is probably having that conversation with himself because, and I think part of it is because he's so competitive and wants to play so bad and this shit is tearing him up and he i think and i'm not saying he is so don't get this wrong but i feel like he thinks he's letting the team down and that is not who frank right now is i would just say that it's not unprecedented i wrote a couple names down flashed them up there um and i i I can i can hear the people like oh he it's not Nobody would ever accuse Jack Lambert of being a pussy. Nobody would ever mm-hmm. accuse Patrick Willis of not giving everything he had. Because for my money, he is the best linebacker of the 21st century. Better than Ray Lewis. Better than anybody else you want to say. That guy was an impactful player. He walked away because of the same, exact same toe injury in his prime. Yeah. Frank just turned. Frank turns twenty eight in May. I looked it up. That's what I was doing the computer there. Mm-hmm. I think Patrick Willis was twenty seven when he left. Like at some point, you get tired of not feeling right. Of like God, toe just killing me today. And also, I can't play the way I used to, and it really bugs me. Yep. There, there's a player that we will talk about in a little bit who went through that last year. There's a couple of players who have decided that, you know what, it's, it's better for me to just go away than, than be a shell of what I used to be. And, I, again, I don't, I don't know anything about what, what Frank is going on in his head or anything, but knowing Frank a little bit, I would say that it would, that would be not out of character for him to say, I don't want to give people – 80% of what they have come to expect from me. I, I would just rather not, not give anything. Exactly. I will let them down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll have to have that discussion in the offseason because we're certainly not there yet. It sounds like he's just going to miss this week, maybe the Denver game. Um, it, I would kind of love to have him against Denver because I don't want Graham Glasgow with all that pressure on him against a team that considers him a free agent bozo. Um, and a flop and a mistake. Um, and Graham is a guy who will feel that. Yeah. I, I, so I will say, so Glasgow, again, I'll use this word blessing this year. Glasgow has been awesome for us. My God. Yes, but, but look, again, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. Right. But let's just the the thing is, is we're, we're talking offseason scenarios and the offseason's not here yet and decisions and choices haven't been made. But if Frank were to make that choice, that does leave money to sign Decker and Sewell. I mean, and and, and, and you can bring in if you don't bring in a, a big V because you're losing big V's contract, too. Right. You you have different kind of money. You can play you pay different kind of people and you can use your draft to get your guys. You can start making some changes. You can start, you know, you can still have a good line. There's, there's an event, you know, an evolution that happens, but, um, Hank's tanks are, uh, they're going to be, I, there's going to be a refitting this year and it, 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 it stinks. It stinks. But these guys, yeah. these were good. These were really, really good guys. I like these guys. So 
I I would wish that they would get back healthy again because uh, we'll just, I'll just I'll just jump into this, Chris, because again I'm pressed for time. But Panay Sewell needs to trust the guy to his left. He does not trust Colby Sorstel, and it shows in his play, not just Sorstel. So they've got to get something where it's stabilized there because Panay the last two weeks has not been close to the Panay that we've come to expect. I never thought I would see him crawling, trying to block a guy after that guy beat him. Um, and I saw that. Um, I saw him give up a sack to Zach Bond. Like, nothing is Zach. Like, I kind of liked him in the draft. Like, if he was, I think he was like my 103rd or 4th player. Panay Sewell should not be getting beat by Zach Bond multiple times in a game, and he did. Yeah. So there's they, that get well soon, Frank, because we need you up front because our run game, again, Goff knows how to play with a bad offensive line. He does not know how to play without a good run game. And our run game is not good when we're not, when we when we have Glasgow stuck at center and Sorstel at right tackle. Um, Jonah also didn't have a very good game in his return back, which was unfortunate. But they've got to they've got to figure that out because if they can't run, then all the people who are saying yes, they're they're going to get into the playoffs and get, get their ass kicked. You're going to be right because if they can't run the ball, Jared Goff cannot win the game for this team, and that's that's just the way it is. Um, that's not hating on Goff. That's that's the reality of of where this team would be. So they've got to find a way, whether it's getting Colby up to shape, I mean, if he's going to have to play a lot, maybe trying Awashika, maybe brought this up on the huge show. Maybe Dan Skipper, who's really, really good as your extra tackle, maybe you try him at guard. Yeah. Um, he did it very well at the beginning of the 22-2 season. Yeah, maybe you try that and move Sorzel to being the extra tackle. Yeah. There's an offensive tackle in college. Like maybe he can do that. Yep. There, those are things that they have to think about um in this season. And then at the end of the season is when you go to Frank and if you're Ray Agnew and Brad Holmes, you come go to him and say, Hey, bud talk to us mm -hmm. where are you at we yeah. need to know yeah. <laughs> like now we need to know <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, go, yeah. go away for a weekend go go on a fishing go up to alaska go fishing for a week come back and let us know um, and let's, i think that's fair and i, I kind of hope that happens and let's not forget skips is fire fire for this this offense he's out there he almost got in a fight again this week love it i love i love i love the fire all right. Last one I want to talk about James Houston. Interesting, interesting conversation yeah. about him, the potential him returning um, that. And then Dr. Uh, Dr. Liao's analysis. This is where my head's at. Just hearing these things and trying to piece these things together, because it seems like he's pretty certain he's coming back. Um, Houston. Bet, is. Yes. Yeah. 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 If he does, I have a feeling he's going to play right side exclusively at least for if for the first game or two of the playoffs, if he, if he's, if he's there for that. And again, this uh, Dr. Liao's uh, video today is, you know, got both him and ashes today, ashes, telestrator stuff. That ashes I don't know if you saw brilliant it. today. Fire. He was spitting. Uh, it was pretty awesome. Um, but he, he illustrates the flex of the ankle playing the two sides, the, the inside flex versus the outside flex, the ankle right side. The right side is it's going to be an exclusive play for Houston, which means then you have uh, Hutch either left side exclusively or he starts playing a little bit of interior line or they stunt him a little or whatever. Um, but it just just to get James and allow him to play Houston out there to be able to play and uh, and not 
re-injure that because it's the, hey, the bone's healed. That's great. But if you've ever had a cast, especially when you're a kid, you get your cast for six weeks, your arm gets out, you know, it's it, it looks like a bone next to your regular because there's no muscles, right? You either muscles have atrophied and all the work that has to go into building that back. It took forever for you as a kid who is an active little monkey to get your, your your arm back. But you weren't a pro athlete like to try to get to that level again is is significant. So. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying James Houston isn't dedicated. I'm saying that is a big freaking hill to climb. If he does it, my God, man, power to him because that that's 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 big. That's big. I'm going to set my expectations basically where I said playoffs right side only. If he does anything other than that or anything more than that. Bow down, man. More power to you, James Houston, and, and your dedication to, to your body because, wow, that's incredible to be able to come back from something like that. Yeah, and I think, I think the mechanism that he talked about of, of how Houston wins as a pass rusher plays into that too. He's not a guy who's going to win with counter moves. He's a guy who beats you off the snap yep. and then angles in and flattens his tack to the quarterback. That, that's what he's got. He's, yep. he's very good at that. He's kind of one note, but that one note is sweet. If that one note starts to go sharp or flat instead of true, probably not getting the James Houston that you want. The, one of the and biggest instruments for that note is his ankle. That's right. Mm. Yeah. All right, there we go. There's the team health and injury report. We'll get we'll get going. And uh, yeah, absolutely, Mike. We need that attacker right now so all right let's get to the next one and we go to the road to the oh please donate to st jude.org my 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 band yes, st jude.org slash dlp got the same the season for st jude uh we have some items we're going to put up at we're going to auction i'm not sure how yet um there's a whole level of effort and 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 cost actually associated with auctioning these things so to figure out how to do this um we got to get to twenty thousand because we want to watch riz suffer through some steve miller band um, because he, I, I'll tell you, I've seen it. He has a visceral response. We've, it, it popped on in mobile one year at a bar and he left, he fucking left. He didn't pay his I bill. Did. I had to fucking pay for him. <laughs> I mean, he paid me that, back. He, he, that's he, not but, true. <laughs> but I did, I did in fact get up and leave the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just fuck gone. And, and it was w- with a, like Riz is generally a pretty soft spoken, not soft spoken, but you know, whatever. He's, he's a I'm clean speech kind of guy, right? Yeah. The words that came out of his mouth. I mean, you might as well have thought it was me on a good, on a little bit of a drink. He was, he was not. No, it's no, this will be, this will be absolutely enjoyable watching him suffer. It's always fun to watch Jeff suffer and uh, help us get there. Go to St. slash DLP. <laughs> I don't know. Riz. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's at your expense. Uh, get there. Help us get to the $20,000 mark. We appreciate you and uh, appreciate all you can help us raise for St. Jude as we continue to oh, help that God. wonderful. At least let me pick the Steve Miller band war crime that he's, that I have to listen to crime. His music is a crime against humanity. It really is. It's, it's the worst level of music. I would rather listen to opera. I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to do it for a whole show because I think I figured out how I can pump it with just my voice and that into your headset so that you have to, in order to hear me, you have to hear that. So we're going to know you're hearing it and it's going to go just for the entirety of the show. 
Technology I'm, sucks sometimes. I'm, I'm of a German heritage. We have a nature. <laughs> I should have been in the CIA. All right. MK Ultra. I could have run that shit. Like <laughs> All right. Oh, wait, uh, one th- quick thing on St. Jude. Have you seen the ad with the dude who was a St. Jude survivor when he was like a kid and he's now like 75? I think his name is Doug. It's really uplifting, man, because that's that's what we're doing this for is for people to live and have great lives out of it. Yep. That was yep. that 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 ad really honestly hits home for me. The first time I saw it, I sort of teared up. I'm like, this is why we're doing that. This is why Chris loves St. Jude so much. This is this is why it's important to us. So uh please, please give if you can. I, I know yeah. it's a trying time. This time of year, there's a lot of added expenses, but uh those are there for cancer patients too. Uh, yep. and they yeah, they they will appreciate it. Uh, a couple notes here. Mike Hodges says Abracadabra Baby, which is that's definitely one you're going to listen to. And uh, I, I know. Goes, you hit the two that are the worst. Oh, my God. They're in my head now. Ah, <laughs> ah. Oh, boy, that's great. Oh, man. OK, let's uh, let's get rocking and roll. Let's get to the road to the top of the NFC. I want to start, though. Not just the NFC as a whole. Let's talk about the NFC North because the Detroit Lions have the Detroit Lions or the the Green Bay Packers have a big victory over the the Kansas City Chiefs. And now you look at their schedule and they're going to win out the rest of the season. It's done. It's already it's foregone. They're gonna, go, they're gonna have eleven wins. Green it's, Bay. Yeah, yeah, it's Green Bay is winning out. That's the oh yeah. R E L A X, man. They're gonna they're gonna run the table. I um I, I, eleven I, wins. I then. The, we need at least two more because they're gonna have eleven, Riz. So <laughs> that's so oh my so, god. So let's just right there. They're the winning Lions, out. Okay. The Detroit okay. Lions beat the Kansas City All Chiefs. Right. And we're going to win the Super Bowl and then lost the Seahawks. So we're, we're going to be an absolute failure. We needed a new coach. I mean, some people were actually suggesting that Campbell wasn't the guy after the Seattle game. They were all, they were all over AG. Um, the NFC North is ours to lose. Let's just, let's just calm down, folks. This is all kind. Um, thank you. It's a, oh, Ben, thank you. $100 to St. Jude. Ben Cavella, thank you. Very much takes us to seventeen nine ninety eight sixty nine. Oh, uh, sweet! They do have a, yeah. Uh, they have, they have a, a pretty manageable schedule. They'll drop one. Yeah, um, sure. They, uh, I will, I will say this: when they play at Carolina on Christmas Eve, Bryce Young might not be playing that game, and that means that Carolina would have a chance to win yes. uh, because Andy Dalton is a lot better than him. And they could be rallying to get their assistant coach their job. Weird things happen late in the year. I wouldn't. They're beating the like the Giants. The Giants are it's a bad football team. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay can beat them. They can. Yeah, they can. I don't know if they will, but they can. Yeah. Last two games at Minnesota and Chicago division games. One of those on the road game that could very well be deciding who's in second place in the division. Minnesota figures their quarterback out there a better football team than Green Bay. Yep, yep. If you're if you're banking on the Packers winning out, go 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 put money on that somewhere yeah. that will take your money um, and and build another wing on their hotel on with it. Yeah, 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 sure. So on that, the they NFC could, North they could win four. The NFC North is the Lions to lose. Just the bottom yes. line. And if we, if yes. we think about it. 
our our schedule at the end of the year looked like a cakewalk for a while there too and now we've got denver and you know the cowboys were going to be the tough one and even minnesota but chris is an chris, interesting run i was told last week that denver wasn't losing again because they had won five in a row and they'd figured their shit out and then houston's kicked their ass yeah but houston's going to the super bowl with a with a with a coach that they couldn't even really barely hire, they they scraped the bottom of the barrel for somebody that was no good, right? God, oh, so many man. experts. All right, so NFC North Lions to lose. I'm not. I mean, that's the first thing you have to do to win the NFC as a whole. Um, we're going to assume that the Lions maintain their grip on the yes. NFC North, and and I don't yes. think that that's a big stretch. Um, so what does the NFC look like? What does it look like to take? the nfc well you got philadelphia and you got the 49ers i don't know what the hell happened to the 49ers all of a sudden winning against philly that game was that was a that was a crazy game that 49er philly game was freaking crazy big dom that dude like there's there's all kinds of there's all kinds of uh-uh on that play let me just ask you yeah. really quick let me just start because yeah personally this is this is me this is not like bias. I'm trying to at least hopefully put bias into this, but I don't think that that tackle by Greenlaw was actually a penalty. I think he grabbed him and fell backwards. I've seen multiple penalties. I've seen one very similar on Jared Goff this year that wasn't a penalty. And while, oh, maybe they missed that. Okay, uh, we're protecting quarterbacks. It's weird if maybe they missed that, but they're not protecting. Like, I mean, that's. I don't think that that was a penalty myself. I would have, if it were reviewable, I would have agreed with the call on the field. Like I wasn't going to overturn it, but I, yeah, that's a fair point, Chris. I, we've seen worse not get called and we've seen lesser get called. Um, I am not, I am not freaking with big Dom, man. That I've, I've seen him in person. <laughs> that's not a guy you want to mess with. <laughs> that's, that's like the guy who takes out the mafioso killer. Like that, that's who he is. He, he's the guy that tells the person who's going to take out the, the, yes. the, the Don. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to yeah, talk too so, much more that about was, that risk. Cause I got to go there. That was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I want to come home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shout out to the the Eagles. I, I do some draft work for the Eagles staff with Fran Duffy and uh, a couple of the guys. Like they're they're really good people. I, I like them a lot. So I can't say anything bad about the Eagles organization. They've treated me very nicely over the years on on the draft side of things. So yeah, I will just say that Chris, did you know that the Philadelphia Eagles have allowed more points this year? than the Detroit Lions. That is interesting to me. <laughs> Did you know that in his last five games, Jalen Carter, 12 tackles, zero sacks, one TFL, two QB hits, five accepted penalties. You would never know that from listening to Lions fans. Mm-hmm. Never, never mm-hmm. in a million years would you think that. Did you know Nicobe Dean's on IR? Has been there for a long time. He was when I did the poll at Lions Wire. It was it was six or eight weeks out from the 2022 NFL Draft. He was the number one choice to be the number two overall pick. Our Messiah at linebacker. 
He's played, I think, seven games in two years. Their defense isn't good either, folks. Get that out of your heads. They've given up more points. We have the exact same point differential. We're both plus 41. Yeah. Want to look at, at division leaders that they've beaten? They've got two. We've got three. There you go. There you go. I'm I I I'm sick of I'm sick of Lions fans making the Eagles into this thing that we can't beat when right now we are in fact if you go by the uh the DVOA Pythagorean theorem thing that they do we're actually better than them. I don't I don't necessarily believe that we're a better football team but they have not proven on the field that they're better. They haven't. Yep. Don't be so defeatist. So here, the thing is, is we don't play them, right? So it's all out of your hands kind right. of stuff. Now, I, I think that it is in the potential reality. I, I, I was, I didn't have high confidence before this week. I was certain we were, we were going to come. I wasn't certain we were going to win this week. I felt like we had a good chance to beat the the Saints this week, but I didn't think the Eagles were losing to the 49ers at home. And I actually did. I called that game. I think also wh- how it happened with Big Dom, all the other distractions that are going on. That's the kind of thing that yeah. starts the, where the cracks start to show. And a team can go one of two ways. They can solidify and rally or the cracks starting to deepen. Darius Slay is a guy loved Slay. I, I, I would wish I could live my life like Slay with that carefree, loving life all the time attitude he's he's like the guy i wish i could be personality wise like so out there and just everything's fucking fun you know what i mean he's a little older he's been exposed quite a bit i think he's 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 not that lockdown kind of guy um this is this is a thing i i just think that this this team has every potential now to start cracking because they did so well for so long. You know, you see, especially in the big championship runs, it's really hard for a team to maintain for the entirety of a season and deliver at the time. T- check, check your testicles. Um, it's, it's, it's tough to see a team do well for that long. And they've done well for so long. They, they had their hiccup in the Super Bowl, but I'm, I'm just not expecting them to be able to maintain this. I don't know that they're going to carry that momentum into the, the postseason. The reality is, um, I have a sense that even if they maintained now through the, uh, the, into the off season at this high level, they could get knocked out early the playoffs just in one of those fluky kind of losses. Right. I just, I, I really believe that that's a, that there's, there's potential for that. And um, seeing something like that happen, that putting the lions then to the number one seed as they fall out home field throughout, boom, done. We never even had to beat them. Right. So whether we get first seed or not, there's, there's, there's multiple scenarios, how this could play uh, in the lion's favor. I think, though, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Philly right now through the end of the season, how they handle this. And then the next one is the Niners. The Niners are an interesting team because I think the Niners and the Lions match up pretty interestingly. I think I think we can I think we can do very, very well against their defense. I think they can do very, very well against our defense. <laughs> and I think I <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. Like you talked about in January, offense wins games. And you have two yes, teams where offenses have the chance to win the game. Um, so this is, it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy ride. We'll no. see how that goes. And, 
But the road to the top yeah. of the NFC, definitely Detroit is a player in this. And it's it's not because we're playing these guys heads to head. It's just how these things could could potentially play out with the schedules and the way these teams are, are, are where they're at right now and how they're made up. There is quite a bit of parallel between the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles and the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers, who were the last team that year to lose. They were 10 and 0. They finished 13 and 3. And then in the COVID year, yep. they lost at home to Cleveland and Baker Mayfield while their head coach was locked in his basement with COVID. Like, that's why that's one of the reasons why I'm a huge believer that any team in the postseason can beat any other team in the postseason. Uh, San Francisco's a better football team than us. That doesn't mean that they'll beat us. I would I would I would expect them to beat us. Doesn't mean they will. And in Detroit, I, 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 if, if we can get them in Detroit, it could be in Detroit. Yeah. No, they're, they're going to be the number one seed because they're barring a a Ooh. another weird injury to to Brock Purdy. I think they're I think they're pretty set as being number one. Mm, we I could be know. two. We could be three. Dallas could be two. Dallas could be that game that we play against Dallas in a couple of weeks could very well be for the two seed. Dude, I if, to see Dallas Bring it. step ahead in the division over Philadelphia would be crazy. That would be crazy. It could happen. Okay. So road to the top of the NFC. There you go. There's a quick breakdown of what could happen uh, really quick. We'll get to the next topic. Uh, <coughs> By the way, Philly at Dallas on Sunday. Yeah, that's a good watch. That'll be a good watch. <laughs> the Aaron Glenn situation. And I, I, this is the quote I wrote down when I wrote it. Uh, the dumbest fucking thing I've heard is fire him. <laughs> Straight up. I'm sorry. If you're staying fire Aaron Glenn right now, go home. Fill the bathtub with water. <laughs> Grab your toaster and take a hop. You're a nine and three. Don't do that. That don't really do that. And if you if you do, that's your fault because you're stupid. And I and 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 like I said, that's the dumbest fucking thing ever. Um, but it's only shown by your you're that dumb because of your opinions. Um, firing Aaron Glenn right now is, is on a nine and three team, who is the best team you've had since 1962. You have a run that could potentially take a team to the top of the NFC. You could take the one seed. You could take the two seed. You're totally in in the hunt for either one of those at this point. And you want to fire your defensive coordinator because you've got what? Who? Where's the you've improvement? Got better defense in Philly. Where's Where's the guy <laughs> that's going to take you to the Super Bowl now and put you over the top? Who's the guy you're hiring? Is Wilkes knocking on your door? I, like, what are you doing? Like, what the hell kind of idea is that? Like, th- there's, a, there's a saying. You go to war with the army you got. This is the army we got. Nobody in August, I don't want to say nobody, everyone was hoping, but nobody was honestly saying and predicting the Lions were going to win the Super Bowl. Nobody was. We're 9-3. and You'd have been pants-free, whipping it off in the streets. If you would have been told you would be nine and three, okay, you'd have been flipping and enjoying it. It's where we are. It's who we've got. We've got to play it out. <laughs> Season's over. Potential choice. It's total option, right? We'll have more data. We'll have, we'll have a, we'll have a, you know, we'll have smart things to say. Somebody I saw say, this is, if, if, if we don't fire him, then it's, it's obviously a coach Campbell problem. No, f- maybe after the season. But not now. Don't fire anybody now. 
after the season. Unless they pull a Coombs. Oh, off. <laughs> unless they pull a Braden Coombs, right? Um, AG, um, uh, I, my, my personal feeling, I, I, AG can finish the year. No, no doubt about that. They, they're not going to get anybody better. John Fox is not going to come to the rescue with this defense. That's, that's not who Fox is. Chris Spielman isn't going to come down from the booth and suddenly become the defensive coordinator. That's not what he's that's not what he does. <laughs> uh, if you if you look, read Justin Rogers' interview with him, um, and Justin talked about it when he did did a spot on on the uh, I guess telephone. Like that's <laughs> those 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 are not realistic scenarios. After the season, you want AG gone? I might throw my head on that side of the ring too, just because it's. It needs to get better after three years, and I don't think it has enough. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I will still say I think he does get an undue amount of criticism based on the personnel that he's got. I think if you put any coordinator in when you're missing a projected starting outside linebacker, a projected outside corner in Emmanuel Mosley who never played for you, you're missing your primary offseason upgrade in the secondary, and CJGJ, who I think will be back, not this week, but for Denver. Mm-hmm. think so. Um, although they haven't started his window yet, so probably it'll probably be another week after that, That which would be the Christmas Eve week. That's Minnesota. Um, but it, I, I absolutely believe he will be back. I think Dr. Leal would back me up on that. Yep. Um, he did. He did this week, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say... Um, we have to make the Norman Dale and Hoosiers. My team's on the floor. That's what we got. After the year, if you want to discuss who might be the hot new coordinator, whether it's Kelvin Shepard or Brian Duker or somebody from the outside, we'll have those conversations in February and March. Chris and I and, and other people affiliated with the podcast, we'll learn some of those things down in Mobile when we're there for the, the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, will we be until that there. time? Until that time, AG is the defensive coordinator, and you're. Why would you panic? You just won a game. <laughs> Riz, and by the way, the defense made a couple plays in that game. Like I know they're not doing as well as they should be. I know they're not doing as well as we want them to be. They're not like they're not twenty twenty two bad. They're not twenty twenty one bad. They're not. They're not. They're just not. There are things that AG can do to make them be better. I hope he figures those things out quickly because he needs to. But this isn't this isn't a oh my god he's so egregious we have to kill him now. Like at least let, no no. I think there's a rocket scientist that's still on our payroll who coached the best defensive team in Super Bowl history. Why not bring him in? Mike Hodges, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I will Love say you, though, I just I, I won't bolt horn it, but I, I, I should. I, I did call the offenses better than the defense this year. Uh, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Guilty. Good stuff. So this is Raise my hand for choices to be made in the AG space, but let's just. This is where we are. Again, we run with this. You go. You you, you go to war with the army you got, and we're going to see what we have. We'll see what we have. Um, there's another one. Can we hire Vic Fan- Fangio? Peaceful Tim. Didn't help the Eagles last year, but it seemed to be the cool thing to do. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Uh, the AG situation. 
it's it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and it'll be definitely be a con- con- uh, conversation in the offseason riz you mentioned the senior bowl it's this time of year when i'm like really starting to get excited about it and i'm starting to like really like go, oh my god and i'm i'm torn because i'm so stoked and i know what we we talked about what we've got in the in the wings this year for senior bowl um i can't flip and wait but man there's such good football to be played by the lions still man this is like we have not been here we've been doing this this is we're in our ninth year we've done this eight years into our ninth year now and we've never been to this point at the senior bowl where there's a chance we could be playing that weekend. <laughs> so crazy. I'm so stoked and confused. All right. Only, so in, in the, in the, this will be my 14th senior bowl, 14th or 15th. Only once have I ever had to change planes um, and, and trips down there. It was uh, the 2017 Texans. The year that they won a playoff game where Ode Abushi was their best offensive lineman. Um, I had, because that game was on, the set, the Sunday of the week, and I was supposed to go down Saturday, and I had to leave Sunday night instead. That's the only time I've ever had to reschedule for uh, for playoff purposes. Um, yeah. Now this year, it's later. Uh, it coincides with Championship Weekend. If I have to do that because the Lions are in the championship game, hell yeah, man! I'll I'll, I'll be happy to pay Delta my fee. <laughs> Three hundred fifty bucks to change my plane. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you know, on the AG thing, people are talking about. You know, Calvin Shepard is his replacement. I love Calvin. I think he's 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 a great dude, and I think he has huge potential. I'll say though, I think that the Lions, after going with AG, I think they're going to go for a pedigree person in that role, I and I think that they can draw pedigree just because of where they are as a team, as a contender. And again, you're now the people that join are like, I'm the guy that can push this team over the edge. I'm the guy who's going to, you know, there's, there's always ego. In Jim all these Schwartz positions. and Cleveland did that yep. this year. Yep. There's yep. always ego in these positions. And now you're looking at a team and you're like, I'm the guy that can do that. Right. But don't you're also going to be looking at, Hey, they got Aiden Hutchinson. I want to coach that guy. Yeah. I can work with that. <laughs> but never forget. You're don't, also the guy that can break it. That doesn't happen. <laughs> You're also um, the guy I'll, that I'll can break it. Yes, yes, that, that <laughs> can happen too. That does right. happen. All right, let's let's rock this in. Look ahead to the Chicago Bears game. First thing that has to be said: uh, hashtag lol Bears and fuck them. Um, I just want to just really quick again. We're going to go to the analytics. <laughs> just, just had to get that straight off the top. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> I know some Bears people. And, well, you know, you met the one at Senior Bowl. Right? She works for the NFL, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did. I did. Love her. She's a nice person, but f the Bears. Um, the Bears, little little factoid. We're going to the we're going into the analytics again. Okay, we're going to do this. The Bears are eight and thirteen against the Lions since two thousand and thirteen, and future Ring of Honor member Matt Nagy has seven of those wins. <laughs> That was a very dark time for Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. We've got a yeah. really strong record against this team. Now, we've got, a, we've got a couple things lined up. It's going to be cold. I think there's a potential yes. for weather, right, Riz? Is there also a potential besides yes. cold? It's going to be windy. Yeah. It will certainly be windy. It'll be high in the 30s is the last time I checked. But wind will be steady 15 to 20 with gusts over 30. 
read as bad for Jared Goff. He's never played well in the wind. Yep. Yep. Remember that when you're betting the over under on the game. It's about ball runners and getting the ball to runners in this game. I think, I mean, especially with the wind. And if I just say that and break down what's the defense look like and what are the opportunities to run the ball? They got fields. Goff is is, is an X, right? Fields is a check mark. <laughs> I'm not, not trying to be mean, right? It's just not. It's just not his his forte. He's not a no, running quarterback, no, no, he right? right? I mean, he's yeah. No, he's been he's been interesting. You know, right? He's uh, they got uh, Rashawn Johnson. He's a runner. Okay. Um, there you go. Okay. We can call Komet. Well, Komet's he's he's a as 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 a tight end. Windy is lessy for, a for that. Yeah, so so you're not talking about long balls there. But if I think about it, we've got Montgomery. We're gonna throw Laporta in since we're counting tight ends, so we can go one to one on that one. We got Gibbs. We got JMO. We got St. Brown. So if you want a running game, <laughs> the Lions have many, many options. And I think that this is going to be a game about the run. Controlling Montez Sweat is going to be very, very interesting for the Detroit Lions because he's the wrinkle that that's there that wasn't there really the last time we played because he was still fresh, right? He wasn't integrated. We've seen what he's been able to do since then. Um, controlling Montez, and I think the screen is going to be a, a key. Throw, throw it, throw it over his head. Just l- let him run. Throw it over his head. Go, Montez, go. And uh, I just think it's it, this game from an offensive standpoint of view for both teams. It's a it's a running game, and I think we have the the threats and the ability, especially when you start thinking about spreading the ball left to right uh, instead of downfield with passes. Uh, you keep them short. I think you're going to be. I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. I think you're going to be in good shape. And even again, the run with JMO and the wrinkles that you have with him in the run game. Montgomery as a as a wildcat, Rodrigo. <laughs> I just it's 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 nutty and silly, but it's all available. All those options are out there on the table for us. And I I just we've seen Justin Fields against our team. We've seen what he does and what he has. The Lions played pretty well against him. Uh, against a, a real threat against the played, run, yep. they don't. Against the pass, they play very well against him. Well, everybody does against the pass, but they've played pretty good against him in the run comparatively, right? He's he is a running quarterback. He's a threat, but compared to most teams, yes, they've is. done pretty well against the run against him. In that he hasn't been able to beat us, you know, hasn't been able to to win games on you know for the team as he has against other teams. So I just I feel like the Lions have the edge here. But the one thing about the Bears is they are built to stack up very, very well against the Lions. They, 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 are, a, they are a tough matchup. Riz, I'm going to let you take it from there. That's my, that's my initial analysis. I think, I think the offensive lines of these two teams decide this game. And we spent the first 20 minutes of the show bellyaching about how god-awful the Lions' defensive front is. Mm-hmm. That's not good against Chicago when they know they have to run. I'm I'm not sure that either quarterback is going to throw for more than 150 yards in this game. I think it's going to be a trench warfare type of situation. Their offensive line has gotten better. They're not great, but they're not as 
awful as they have been, they ha- they present some issues there. They really do, both on both sides of the ball. Their linebackers are really stinking good, and it bugs me. Now they they paid for it. Mm-hmm. They paid they paid through the nose for it, and it's one of the reasons why their secondary isn't very good. One of the reasons why Jalen Johnson, their best and probably only NFL corner, could very well be in Detroit next year because they cannot afford to keep him because they paid their linebackers. So <laughs> there's there's means to an end there. I worry that it's going to come down to a field goal. And, well, I don't trust their kicker. I also don't trust ours. Now, I will say one of the one of my takeaways from New Orleans was that Dave Fipp got his special teams back together. They were magnificent. Germ won yeah. the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Great point. He yep. earned it. Yep. Four tackles in that game. Nobody's beaten that since I think Kasim Osgood was the last player that got four tackles, four special teams tackle in a game. He was the first Lion since Bracey, not Tracy, Bracey Walker in 2004 that didn't kick or return the ball to win the special teams player of the week. That deserves some special mention. I think that that helps me feel better about the Lions because the special teams have not been good lately. By the way, Nowoski came this close to blocking two different punts. He could get one this week. And I think that's the sort of thing that can turn this game around. Because I do think it's a field goal type game, 17, 14, 21, 18, something yeah. like that. Well, I, don't I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be really? that high. Yeah. I'm, I'm a okay, big so, hang the under on this one kind of guy. So, yeah, like 14, 13, something like that. Yep. Um, I, I like the Lions, but if I were betting the spread, I would probably take the Bears in this one because I think right now it's a three and a quarter or three and yeah. a half. Mm-hmm. Give, me, give me that in the Bears. Yeah. But uh, the Lions. Lions found a way to win in New Orleans. I think they'll find a way to win, but it's not probably not going to be comfortable. Probably going to make folks watching at home a little antsy and like, why aren't we beating this team? They suck. We hate them. Um, just, just doesn't work that way. This is this is a total grit game. This is going to be a grit game, and and the, the the trouble is like if this is week two of the season, you say it's the weather, man. It can go either way. This is affecting everybody. It makes it a shitty, hard, tough game, but it's not. And it's important. And this is, this is one of those ones that comes from your gut and shows what you're made of. So we have that. Um, I also, Jalen's Jalen Reeves may admit, and thank you for calling him out beginning the season. A lot of people like, what in the heck is this? He showed up not only in special teams, but on defense, he played really, really well this week. So big shout out to JRM. Um, good, good stuff out of him. Um, Riz, any last words before we put you down for the night? No, I am out. I need to, uh, I need to leave. So thank, thank you, you all. Um, I want to come into your ear holes. So like, and subscribe. All right. Uh, don't, forget to ask the Lions. don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. $5 a month gets you access to the Slack chat. It's easy, breezy, great way to hang out with the, the folks. It's like 423 smart people and four dumb ones. And it's a great place to talk lions, especially especially in the off season. It's worth every bit of it. Also follow us on Twitter at DET lions pod DET lions podcast. It's the best place to see us pants free hanging out. It's all the show notes, what's happening, when it's happening. And, and you to know all the good stuff, all the stuff that comes out. Definitely check out Ash's stuff today. His, his telestrator work, his, his breakdown. It's, it's fantastic. I don't, I, I want you to watch the whole thing, but the closing line just killed me. I actually, I went when I was doing the editing, I, I, I had a text and tell him I was, dying and i hated him because my ribs still hurt from being violently ill 
And uh, it was, it hurt me. He hurt me with my laughter. Uh, Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Detroit Lions Podcast, call us on the Lions line at 248-782-8384. Rub, you fug. Also, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can pop into your ear holes automatically. Like, subscribe this one. We appreciate when you do that. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.